All right, all right. So we've got some racing coming up in the fall. It's now basically the start of fall racing season, and we've got a big marathon coming up this weekend, the Chicago Marathon. Shout out to all of our training academy members that are running the Chicago Marathon. We're super excited for you guys if you're listening to this before the race. And if you're listening to this after the race, congratulations, you did it. Way to go. (laughs) So today... We would like to just kind of talk about racing and specifically like race week prep and also race day to kind of help you guys feel more prepared because we know how it feels when you've got a big race coming up and when you've been training and putting in weeks and months and sweat and tears and all of the emotions that you've experienced over the course of your training, especially if you're training for a bigger race like a half marathon or a marathon or something that you've been working towards or dreaming about, and it's finally here. So what do we do now? Like when we are down to race week, what actually do we do? How should we be feeling? How do we deal with like our race week nerves and race day nerves and anxiety and all those things? So today we really want to just talk about kind of what you should be doing during race week, um, how you should be preparing yourself both physically and mentally so that you can feel as confident as possible stepping onto that line. Yeah. Some things that you can focus on, some things that you might want to try to avoid during race week. Um, you mentioned that we're into like race season, like we really are in the heart of like the big marathon races. Yeah. And you know, during the the podcast, maybe we differentiate between if you're running a race with like 30,000 of your closest friends versus like 30 other people because (laughs) it's a very different way to approach race day if you're in one of these world majors like berlin already went off chicago's coming up london already went off Mm -hmm. so like some of the big world majors have happened there's tens of thousands of people in these race in the the sides of the races for a lot of them they're lined the entire way and some places they're lined like 10 deep Mm -hmm. of people just like screaming the entire time that's not necessarily the the case with some of these. So, yeah. you know, some people really thrive off of having the giant crowd around them. Other people be like, oh, that's so many people watching me the entire time. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of know your own personality too. Yeah. And so kind of where we want to start with this, when it comes to the week before your race, the biggest thing that you need to remember at this point in time is that right now is time for you to trust your training. Because with one week to go, there's really nothing you can do to improve. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that we see runners making is like trying to squeeze something else in during race week. Because this is where we get a lot of nerves. You know, a lot of runners, especially when it comes to some of these longer, bigger races like marathons and half marathons, you start tapering, you know, before the race, which means your mileage starts coming back down. Like you've had these high mileage weeks, these high intensity, lots of big training load weeks. And as you get closer to race day, you start to taper. So your mileage starts to decrease your, the intensity of your speed work starts to decrease, like so that your body can actually recover and be ready for race day. And when that happens, a lot of times there's a term, the taper crazies for a reason, right? Taper tantrums, tape, taper tantrums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
we can start to question things, right? As soon as we start getting closer and closer to that date on the calendar that we have circled. Question things. We start to question everything. Everything about all of our choices. Oh, no. I think my fourth toe on my left foot is actually, I may have broken it. (laughs) No, you didn't. No, you didn't at all. But But more of that than, you know, have I done enough? Yeah. Right? Like that's the big question that comes through a lot of runners' heads during the last like week or two before a big race is like, am I prepared enough? Have I done enough? Should I try to fit something in? And we are telling you the answer is no. Okay. Do not try to fit anything else in that's not on your training plan. This is the time you just stick to the training plan. You have a couple runs this week before your big race. Do not go harder than your runs are calling for, right? Like all of your runs pretty much should be easy runs this week. There might be a little bit of speed work mixed in depending on what kind of training plan you're following. If you're following one of the real life runners plans, we have like a couple little speed things thrown in, you Mm -hmm. know, just to kind of make sure that your legs are feeling fresh, but the intensity is lower typically and the load you know the amount of actual speed work you're doing is much lower one of the big things is is that the load is so much lower you can have some intensity as long as it's nothing crazy over the top it also depends on what race you're going for yeah like if you're trying to get that last week into like a 5k that you've been training say like eight weeks for to like a a goal 5k 10k there's going to be a little bit of intensity in that last week um you know if you're training for half marathon full marathon maybe you're regularly doing strides and then you're going to continue doing those. I've had kids on our cross-country team before mm-hmm. that I'm like, all right, this is what you should be doing during the last week. But if you haven't been listening to us when we've told you to do this, this, and the other thing for the last, like, three weeks, let's not add anything new. Yeah. Like, now is not suddenly the time to be like, oh, well... I kept skipping Tuesday's workout, but it's the last week before the race, so I definitely need to knock out Tuesday's workout. No, no, no. That's a new thing you're putting into your plan. Mm -hmm. Now is not the time to try and squeeze in anything special. There's not a magic workout that's going to make race week go better on race day. Like the same way there's not really a magic workout for the whole entirety of the training plan, there's definitely not one for race week. And I'm sure that there are tons of quote-unquote magic workouts Mm -hmm. all over social media of this. This is the thing that you need to do on the Tuesday before race day or like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, no, there's not. There's really, and, and it varies too, because it depends on what you've done personally heading into it of, you know, would a speed workout be helpful for you or not helpful for you? kind of depends. Yeah. And I think that like the key, when you talk about a magic workout, if you think it's a magic workout, then it is right. Like that easy run. It's a good point. Could be a magic workout, but I will tell you that extra quarter repeat workout that you're just going to decide to do on the fly because you think that you need some more speed work, don't do it. That is definitely not the magic workout that will just leave you tired for the race. Okay. So follow your training plan, trust your training, do not add anything new, no new speed workouts and no new strength exercises. You guys know If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, how important I think strength training is. You know I'm a physical therapist. You know I give strength training exercises to all of my runners. Strength training is absolutely critical. Do not go find a new strength workout on race week, okay? 
it is still important for you to continue some of your strength exercises, right? Basically, the the principle that you want to live by during race week is nothing new. So you want to continue with what you've already been doing. So if you've been doing strength training throughout the course of your training plan, you want to continue that. But you do not want to be increasing your weights. You don't want to start increasing your sets. You just want to go through the motions. Race week is really about going through the motions. Ooh, that's a good way of putting it. Yes, it's it's doing like really the bare minimum yes. exercise-wise. Right. There are some other things that because you're doing bare minimum exercise-wise and you're like, okay, but I really have to like make sure that I've got all the boxes checked. Oh, we'll give you a list so that we got plenty of things of what to do yep. during race week. And and during that, there's another thing that I, I want to come back and kind of mention my take on, on strength exercises during race week as well. Why don't but, you want to do that now? Because it's later on the thing. You want to cover that part right here? Okay, we can, we can wait till later if no, you want. We'll, okay, but... So nothing new, go through the motions, follow your training plan and trust your training. This is the time where it's really important for you to start telling yourself that you're ready. Okay. Like your brain is going to want to tell you that you're not ready. Your brain is going to want to tell you that this was a horrible idea. Like, why did you ever decide to sign up for this marathon? Why did you ever do this? You're not really ready. You're not going to be good enough. Blah, blah, blah. Your, your brain's going to want to tell you all the things, okay? And this is the time where you say, okay, I hear you. That's silly. I'm ready. We're going to do this anyway, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're just going to have to keep telling yourself, I'm ready for this. I've trained for this, right? There are some things that, you know, some mantras that you can use. Like, um, I personally like, you know, I am strong. I'm ready. This is what I've trained for. This is what it's all about, right? Like these kinds of things that whatever thought you need to make you feel confident, that's the one you want to be practicing this week. Yeah, no, that's that's hundred percent. Like the avoiding the new things and building up your your mental strength. Part of the reason, you know, the the uh, the taper tantrums come and people start going a little crazy and their brain starts thinking a lot because they have this extra energy. That's one of the reasons I like a, a small speed work without a whole lot of intensity early in the the week, so that it gives you some chance to just sort of burn a little bit of the crazy off. I like strides as long as people are used to doing strides because four strides of 15 seconds at almost any intensity, Mm -hmm. four days out from your race is not going to make you tired for your race. It's just not, but it's going to be just enough where you get to push a little bit and be like, oh yeah, now, now I feel like I've done it. You didn't. That did not do anything for you, but if it helped you mentally feel better, if it helped you mentally get over some of the like crazy voices in your head, then it's 100% a win. Right. So what you want to remember is that the things that you do on race day aren't going to magically improve you and make you better prepared for the race. But there are plenty of things that you could do that could actually mess you up and make race day not go as well as you want it to. And that's a lot, basically the opposite of what we're going to talk about today. Okay. But today what we want to focus on is what you should be doing during race week, leading up to race week so that you like I said, step up to that starting line or run through that starting line. If you're like, you know, back in Corral K, <laughs> right. And you're waiting two hours for your, for your start time. Once you actually get to that starting line and cross that starting line, you're going to be feeling ready. You're going to be feeling confident. You're going to be feeling good and you can go out and run the race that you've been training for. Yes. All right. So 
things to do. One of them, obviously, we've covered this already a little bit of nothing new on race day. This is is anything. Like, there should not be new things that you're trying out. There's not a cool thing that you got at the race expo that should now be part of your race day plan. Right. Unless that cool thing that you got at the expo is, like, another gel that's the exact same gel as you've been eating all the way along. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing new. No new outfits. No No new new flavors, even. No. No, because sometimes the flavor just, it seems like a great idea, and then at mile, you know, 10, you're like, okay, well, the last thing in the world I would ever want is, oh, shoot, that's the new flavor I've got. Like, yeah. You're kind of jumping into uh, jumping into race day here. Let's cons- let's stick with race week here. But, like, that, I guess race week would be, like, don't buy anything that you haven't tried before. Right. Like, hopefully you've got your race outfit picked out. Hopefully you've worn this race outfit during training, which might seem weird. You're like, oh, I like to save my special outfits for, for the race day. At some point, you got to make sure that that race day outfit doesn't cause uncomfortable chafing. Yeah, you have to definitely try out your outfit at some point. So if you haven't ever raced in that outfit in exactly what you plan on wearing on race day, wear it for one of your training runs during race week just to make sure that, like Kevin said, it's not like hitting you in a weird spot or like there's a weird tag down like in, you know, around your sports bra line or something like that. Like make sure that everything feels good and that nothing's kind of hitting you in a funny spot. Right. And so if you're in like a really long race, half marathon, marathon, you don't have that long of a run that you're doing anymore. And you might not have ever gone out in your like race day attire for anything longer than like 30 minutes. Most issues that are going to come up on, on clothes and shoes and stuff are going to come up in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. If things beyond that, that falls into the category of, well, running marathons really long and really hard. Right. So your most ideal outfit may in fact start causing problems three hours, four hours into the race. Right. I mean, like when I look at um, back to the Key West marathon, the Key West half marathon that yep. I ran, like I, I can't remember what shorts I wore, but like I wore a shirt Okay, and it was a new shirt, okay, so I'll tell you right now, it was kind of breaking my rule, but I had worn this exact same brand of shirt and that same exact style of shirt. I just had it in a different color. Sure. Okay, so I had run in that style shirt before. I just kind of got a new one because we put special Key West-like printing on it for my friends and the running group that I'm in, Um, but... For some reason, it had to have been like the weather and everything because it was like raining and it was cold and it was super windy. I chafed like I've never chafed before, like under my arms. Like it was just the weirdest thing. But how much of that was just chalk it up to I ran a half marathon in really weird weather? You know, like was it the actual outfit that was causing the problem? Probably not. Like if I was wearing something else, could I have experienced the same issue? Quite possibly, right? And so like Kevin said, a lot of times the issues that may come up, you can usually find on just like a shorter training run. And if you're going to have issues, the longer and longer you go, like you might just kind of have issues with that. You may just have issues Yeah, with that. regardless of what, what you're actually running in. So try on your outfit. Try on your shoes also, okay? Make sure that you are not running in a pair of shoes that you've never worn before. Now, This is like one of the classic mistakes that like people at shoe stores, which I mean, you can talk on this more than I can because you've worked in plenty of shoe stores of like people that come in the day before the race to get new shoes. Day before the race to get new shoes or like the Monday of race, they'll come in of like, oh, I wanted to get like a new pair of racing flats. 
Like, okay, but are you going to try them before? I don't know. I'm going to keep them in the box right until race. Yeah. Well, that's a terrible idea. Like, try something. Put them on your feet. Make sure they actually feel comfortable. Like, if you're going to drop a bunch of money on them, they're going to be your shoes. If you were planning on running the race in them, then you're not going to return them. Run a little bit in them and make sure that they feel comfortable. Maybe you got an easy speed session on Tuesday or Wednesday. Do that in whatever you're planning on racing in. If you're going to race not in like special racing shoes, they're just like your normal training shoes, make sure they have enough life still in them. But even if you're like, oh, but I'll just get like a new pair of my same exact shoes. It should not be out of the box onto your feet unless you're like a, a very experienced runner with like a lot of miles on your feet that you can you can tell that seam immediately because I've, I've done that. I've put on a pair of shoes and without even taking a step, I'm like, uh, the front of the shoe is stitched wrong. And they're like, what do you mean? Because like, the shoes, the shoes wrong. Just mm-hmm. give me another box of this shoe and it'll be fine. But like I got weird feet. I can I can pick things up like that. Most people, if if you're not very experienced in that shoe, you should have several miles on the shoe before you start the race. Yeah. So you don't have to like, quote unquote, break the shoes in, right? right? Like that's kind of like not really what you need to be doing, but you just have that to... That doesn't even happen. You have to try them out and make sure that you don't have anything funny. Like you don't... that Because if you're getting new shoes, it's probably likely that you're getting like the next style of that same shoe, right? Even if you're, it's like the same brand and the same style of shoe, maybe it, you're going from like the 37 to the 38. You're going to the new year's model. And every year they decide to put new overlays over the top of it in a slightly different place. Yeah, every year they just make a little tweak, right? And maybe that little tweak doesn't sit right with you and your foot, right? So I think that that's really important that you just make sure you try it, make sure you've run in those shoes before. Um, so if you are maybe like a month out from your race, now might be a good time to get new shoes. Depending on how much wear and tear you already have on your shoes, you want to run in your shoes for like a couple weeks, ideally, before your race. If you don't have that much time, if you've gotten new shoes and like your old shoes have just like totally worn down, just make sure that you go for a couple of runs in them to make sure they're just not hitting your foot in a weird spot. Excellent. All right. Food of race week. Uh, nothing new and crazy. Like, this is not the time to try out recipes that you're like, you know, I've always been interested in this type of country's cuisine. No, no, you have not. You're not interested this week. You are interested in, like, your go-to favorites that you know they work well for you so that you're eating and not giving you, like, GI upset on Monday, you've already got nerves probably hitting you. That's going to cause stomach issues. You don't need to also get creative with the foods that you're putting into your body. Let's stick with some normal foods that you are used to eating on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, I think that, like, going back to that mantra of, like, nothing new on race day, like, nothing new during race week, really. Like, if you can pretty much keep things the way that you typically roll, that's going to be your best bet. Same thing, like, with your regular schedule. If you can keep your regular schedule, like, if you have a certain days that you like to run and certain days that you like to strength train, keep that schedule normal. You know, you don't have to make all these big changes. The things that you might have to adjust for scheduling are like travel and things like that. If you're going out of town for a race, which we're going to get to in a a little bit here. Um, but the, the biggest thing that you're going to want to change as far as your food goes, if you are doing a race, like a half marathon, marathon or longer, you're going to want to make sure you start carb loading. Okay. 
anything shorter than a half marathon, you really don't need to carb load for. Um, there's no need to carb load for a 5K or a 10K. It's just not necessary. If you want to, go for it. You can do whatever you want, okay? But for a half marathon, a marathon, and beyond, carb loading is a really good idea because carbohydrates are your body's main source of fuel during these longer efforts. And so you want to build up a store of carbohydrates, of glycogen in your muscles so so that you can have just more fuel on your body when you get to race day. And the benefit of carb loading also, another side benefit is that glycogen, which is the our body's form of carbohydrate storage, it, we store carbohydrates in our muscles and our liver in the form of glycogen, it also holds on to water. So by carb loading, you're actually also improving how much water your body is holding on to, which is obviously going to be very helpful on race day if you start the race more hydrated than normal. However, just keep in mind when you carb load, because you're holding on to more glycogen and more water, you should gain a couple of pounds. So I would suggest just don't step on the scale during race week. Like if you're one of those people that love to weigh yourself, just don't do it, okay? Especially if you're the kind of person that freaks out when you see fluctuations in the scale. You should gain weight during race week. There's a lot of people that think, oh, well, I got to get down to my racing weight. You know, I I should be losing weight so that I'm like lean as possible on the start line. Uh Uh-uh. That's not what we're thinking here as real life runners, okay? You are probably not a professional. I don't think we have any professionals that listen to our podcast. If If you are a professional runner, please reach out over at Instagram, at Real Life Runners. Send me a, send me a DM. That'd be cool. But like, really, as real life runners, our job is to run the race that we've trained for, to feel as good as possible, to have energy, and to hopefully hit whatever goals we've set for ourselves, right? Whether that's a time goal or how you want to feel when you cross the finish line, or maybe you have a goal not to walk. Maybe you want to run the whole thing. When you build up the store, the fuel stores in your body, that's going to make that more likely. Okay, so when you carb load, the key is to start three days beforehand. Okay, you're going to want to start building up those carbohydrate stores. It's not just about eating a really big pasta dinner the night before. Okay, that that's terrible carb loading. Yeah. That's a great way for having GI distress on the morning of because yeah. you're sitting there with this super full stomach from like a heavy dinner that you had the night before mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out what to do with that. The key on carb loading is to start super early so right. that when you flip your the your calorie intake into being massively majority carbohydrates. Like 80% carbs. Like 80% carbs and then moving even beyond that up to like 90% carbs on the day before. That's a lot of carbohydrates that you're putting into your body. Yeah. It's a lot of eating all day long to make sure that you're getting enough calories when you remove most of like fat and protein and flip it over to all right. carbohydrates. It's just a lot of food. It's a lot of food and if you try to just do it all in one day, you're probably going to feel very bloated and very like like fluffy, like it is a good term, I would say. Because as you pointed out, you're also holding on to extra water. So if you try to carbo load all on the day before, you're holding water and you haven't given it time to like kind of settle throughout your body. When you carbo load, you're storing glycogen in your liver, but you're also storing it in literally all of your muscles. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of spreading that like super hydration of your body throughout your entire body, as opposed to storing a whole bunch of extra 
you know, water in your liver. Well, and it also just kind of gives your body a chance to adapt a little bit more. Like when you start a couple days out, like your body's just going to get used to like adapting and processing that carbohydrate as well. Um, So you're just, you won't feel as bloated on race day if you start a couple of the days out versus trying to just get in whatever you can the day before. And along those same lines, kind of like we were talking about how carb loading will also help you to hold on to water during race week, waste week, (laughs) Daffy Duck here, doing waste week, um, make sure you're hydrating. Okay. That's another thing that you want to focus on is hydration. Make sure you are drinking water all week long. Again, don't just try to drink like two liters of water the day before. Or the morning of. Oh, definitely not the morning of. Okay. Work on hydrating yourself throughout the whole week. Drink both water and water that has electrolytes in it as well. Okay. Plain water is great, but make sure you're taking in some electrolytes too so that your balance stays on point. Like a lot of people at this point, they're like, okay, I got to get drink all the water, right? And so they just start drinking all these plain plain water and their electrolyte balance gets thrown off, especially when you're putting a lot of carbs in and you're not eating as much like protein and fats and you're not, you don't have as balanced of a diet as you normally have. You want to make sure that you're also paying attention to like taking in some salt and some like potassium, magnesium, those kinds of things. Well, sports drinks is an excellent combo in this one yeah. because you're literally carbo-loading because it's, well, it's sugar water, but it also generally has the electrolytes in it. Right. So you're able to both make sure that you're hydrating, keep track of your electrolytes not going out of control, and you're you're kind of carbo-loading at the time because you're not just taking in water, you're taking in some, some carbs with that. Yeah, and a pro tip for you guys right here, and this is one of the the fun tips that I've learned in a lot of my reading and that I have inside the academy. The night before your race, it's a good idea to prehydrate yourself by drinking like a salty beverage like broth. Mm-hmm. Okay, like soup or broth because that salty beverage again will help you to hold on to more water so that the next morning you start off more hydrated than normal. Yes, yes. The salty broth that's a good one the night before. Also your dinner the night before, as we pointed out like you don't carboload just by going crazy on a pasta dinner the night before. Depending on how early your race is on race day morning, your dinner the night before might not be your big meal. Yeah. It might be lunch. Now, if you got a race that's a little bit later in the morning, mm-hmm. or if you're in a, a really big marathon that's got you know corrals A through Q, like you might actually like a dinner the night before would be fine. Maybe a little earlier dinner, but you don't want to go so big the night before that you're still literally trying to digest that the next morning. Right. Cause you want to make sure that you're getting good sleep that night. Yes, and if course. your body's still digesting, then it's, you're not going to get as quality of sleep. So that's why, like Kevin said, you might want to have like a late lunch, like a big lunch later or an earlier dinner so that you have time to digest everything and then get to bed early, especially if you're in one of these bigger races where you might have to get there. Like I know people that run the Disney marathon, like have to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning, two thirty in the morning in order to get to the bus that will shuttle them from their hotel to the start line. Then they have to wait around in the corral for a couple of hours before they even start. 
So if you're waking up at 2, 2.30 in the morning, you're going to need to get to bed early. Yep. And so you don't want to have dinner at like 7 p.m. and try to get to bed at like 8 or 9. You want to try to have dinner earlier, maybe like 4 or 5, give your body that time to digest and process so that you can get to bed, you can sleep more comfortably, your body's not trying to di- also digest your food as you're sleeping, and then you can wake up more refreshed on race day. Yeah, I mean, even if you've got like a, a more reasonable race morning, you don't have to get there at two o'clock in the morning like i personally i still love to go big big lunch the day before yeah and then a reasonable dinner mm-hmm. i like to go big on lunch yeah. because then i know that i've got plenty of time to take care of that food yeah for sure all right but you started talking about sleep we should cover sleep for basically the whole week yeah I think this one is is something that you actually could slightly alter if your sleep has not been perfect it's not a time to like, well, you know, my sleep hasn't been great, so I guess I'll just keep up lousy sleep. Go for it. Go for quality sleep all week long. Go for the sleep. change. Go for the change on this one. So and get this, is, a- this is an exception to our rule yes. of nothing new on race week. Sleep. Yeah. If you're not used to sleeping, we fully um, condone and promote you increasing the amount of sleep you get during race week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, the only thing worse than adding extra sleep to race week is worrying that you're not getting enough because you don't need to add any extra worry to it. So yeah. if you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get sleep on that Monday or uh, it, especially the night before. Some people are, they're very nervous and they don't sleep well the night yeah. before. It's going to be fine. I'm one of those people. Try to sleep well throughout the whole week yeah. so that if the night before sleep does not go ideally for you, you've got days and days and days of quality sleep built up before it. So yeah. this is a big one. And if that might be a change to your, your general environment, do whatever you can to try and get quality sleep all week long. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing to point out because it's not just about the day before the race. Because like you said, I think a lot of people have the anxiety and the nerves, especially if this is a distance that you've never covered before, especially if this is like um, something that you've traveled for and you've just got lots of different things going on. Shoot, travel. Now, what if you're staying in a hotel? The pillow's not all that comfortable. You're trying to figure the thermostat out in the room. That might not be the most ideal sleep conditions. Right. So do the best you can to get more sleep throughout your week so that you kind of have that sleep. It's not quote-unquote built up exactly, but you're not coming into race weekend exhausted. Yes. Right? Like you're coming in just kind of like feeling normal, and then whatever happens on race weekend is what's going to happen. Which takes us to to traveling. Let's let's talk a little bit about traveling. What to do if you need to travel for a race? Okay, so like Kevin said, you want to. Well, not like you've said, but this is what I was thinking when you were talking. Sure. <laughs> so, like, like I when said. you were talking, when you were talking about like you know when you have to travel and stay in a hotel, one of the things I thought about was try to get there like a couple of days before the race, if possible, right? That's not always possible. We know that you have real life and other responsibilities, but if your race is on Sunday, maybe, you know, try to get in maybe Thursday or Friday. Especially if you have time zone changes. Yes, that's very true too. Like that's a definite thing that we should talk about is time zone changes. But if if you're not changing time zones and you're just traveling, like 
you know, give yourself a couple of nights, a night or two in the hotel before the race so, so that you can figure out if the mattress is okay or <laughs> the pillows or, you know, all these different things um, so that you can kind of figure out where your hotel is in relation to the start of the race, how long it's going to take you to get from your hotel to the race. That's something that you're going to want to know. Um, you know, so if you can get to the city where your race is one to two days ahead of time, that is ideal. If you get in the day before, then that's just what it is. It's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be okay. Um, so a couple of things to think about when traveling. Number one, do your best to try to figure out, like I said, where everything is. So figure out where your hotel is or your Airbnb, wherever you're staying or your friend's house. Maybe you're staying with a friend. Um, figure out how long it's going to take you to get from that place to the start line of the race. On race morning. On race morning, <laughs> right. So I was going to say, figure out what it's like, how, however long that takes, and then add some extra time. Of course. Right? Because on race morning, you're going to be dealing with traffic of like – all, you know, depending on what kind of a race you're in, hundreds or thousands of people all trying to get to the same place, all trying to park in the same parking garages, right? So you're going to want to leave extra time. So however long it takes you, if you GPS it on, you know, Thursday afternoon and it's going to take you a half an hour, I would say to leave at least an hour to get you there. And when you're planning that, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, like when we get to actual race day, about like actually getting to the race early. Um, But make sure you just kind of know where you are. Make sure that you are comfortable with the hotel and the bed and the pillows if possible. Um, Bring your own pillow. Like if you guys are like me, I am super picky about my pillow because (laughs) because I'm one of those people that has kind of a sensitive neck yes she does and if I have a really crappy pillow I can wake up and have like a crink in my neck and that's not something you want on race day right so maybe you don't take that extra pair of shoes and instead you leave room in your suitcase to pack your pillow yes this is totally true I've done it like I spent a week in Nebraska over the summer I took my pillow with me yes because I did not trust whatever pillow that place had that I was going to have to sleep on. Yeah, one time I thought it was going to be really funny. I, I put a pea underneath her pillow just to be obnoxious because I literally sleep with the princess and the pea. And she woke up the next morning with this terrible crick in her neck. So I just grabbed the pea up from underneath so that she didn't get mad at me. And he said, ha ha ha! I did not. I pretended like that never happened. Or it was not just a completely made up story I did right now for the podcast. <laughs> so random this is what happens when we're recording the podcast after 10 o'clock at night well you know we had a cross-country race it happens okay um traveling food food okay especially if you are someone with a sensitive stomach but even if you're not bring food with you okay bring your normal food like if you have food that you have been practicing on race day say you like to eat a plain bagel with some jelly on race day. That's Kevin's. That's my go-to. I know, that's why. That's why I pulled it out. Right. Bring it with you, or when you travel, go to a grocery store and buy that thing that you like. You know, that's another benefit of getting in a couple days early is that will give you time to just go grab some of the essential groceries and and have food with you. So either bring that food with you in your suitcase. Or find a grocery store when you get to your location and buy what you normally have at home. Right. If you're traveling to a destination race, a marathon, half marathon, you've spent 
plenty of money on this thing. Now is not the time to be like, ooh, I'm sure I can find something at the Hotel Continental Breakfast. No, go ahead and spend the extra less than $10 to go to the grocery store and get exactly what you want to eat on the morning of your race. Like, you've dropped hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this thing. Go get the breakfast that you actually want to eat that's going to work the best for you. Right, and if you are not traveling, then you should already know kind of what you want to have for your breakfast, right? Like, and have all that plan out ahead of time okay but we are specifically talking about travel so another thing you want to think about if you are traveling for a bigger race is what is the weather going to be like and what kind of clothing do I need to wear right so maybe you're traveling from Florida to Chicago this weekend like we live in Florida I have plenty of my running friends that are traveling from Florida to Chicago we've been training all summer and you know they've they've been training for this marathon all summer long in hot humid awful weather and next weekend in chicago it looks like it's going to be beautiful like it looks like the weather is going to be like in the 50s it's going to be wonderful but that is not what we're used to right so you have to make sure that you're packing appropriately both for just your time in chicago and then also what you need to wear on race day so a good tip here is when you are in the corral, especially in these bigger races, you're going to be there for a little, for a couple hours, you know, unfortunately for, for the runners, like you're going to be there for a couple hours, have layers with you. Okay. And if you don't have like a ton of warm clothes, a great tip is to go to like Goodwill or a thrift store or, or like, um, some sort of like place where you can get like cheaper clothing, maybe like a Walmart too. Mm-hmm. Right. And just get like very plain like t-shirts long sleeve shirts things that you can layer and that you don't mind losing right like this is one of the funny things about these big marathons is that people will wear clothing in the corral and like maybe for like the first couple of miles and you just see clothing lining the streets because people will just take off layers and just throw it on the street so find clothing maybe you have clothing already that you just are ready to donate you know like that clothing is just like it's time for you to get rid of that thing that would be a perfect thing to bring with you so that you can just wear that as a layer and take it off and just leave it on the street and it's actually great because there are people at these bigger races that go through and collect all of these clothing and and donate it you know to, to people in need so you don't have to think that you're just like causing waste and trash a lot of like they know that this happens all the time and they end up donating it to various charities around the city which is fantastic right and then there's also the people who try and optimize on race morning and they will just scoop in behind the giant pack of people people and go for as much new running clothing as possible because if you didn't plan ahead and you don't have like stuff that you're like oh well it's just like a throwaway plain long sleeve t-shirt some people are like well I, I was cold, so I brought my, like, nice running jacket, but then you didn't want to run the whole marathon in yeah. the running jacket, and now you're, like, nice Lululemon running jacket sitting on the side of the road, and, mm-hmm. well, it, that said Lululemon on it, so I'm sh- assuming... Somebody just scored. I'm assuming that's triple digits. Yeah. Well, and so so you don't want to be getting rid of things that you actually want to keep. Right. Okay? So have so some clothes that you can layer on. During race week, go shopping or go through your drawers, find things that you're willing to donate and get rid of and use that stuff. Or if you don't have that stuff, 
go to, you know, like a thrift store, Goodwill, that kind of thing, and just pick up some clothing that you have no problem getting rid of. Right. Last time I ran a marathon, I, I started in a pair of gloves that I had no problem if I lost it. Mm-hmm. I think I found you partway along the race and tossed them at you. I think so, so I think we still have them. But I, it was not an issue right. if I ended up just not having, like, I need to get rid of these gloves and it needs to happen now. Mm-hmm. I was fine losing the gloves. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really good idea to, to shop for and make sure you plan on what clothing you can actually just get rid of. Right, that covered cold. Hot is kind of the, the opposite of that one. Hot, your best bet on this one is really trying to get there a couple days ahead mm-hmm. so your body can start acclimating and then you can really try and up your hydration. Your body will try and get used to the heat. Um, if you're doing the opposite of what you just mentioned, if you're going from someplace with cooler to hotter or hotter and humid environment, getting there early so you can get used to running in the hotter humid, same thing happens with elevation. It's all trying to get there a little bit of an in advance. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just understand too, like if you are going from a cooler climate to a hotter climate, have just better, like make sure you keep your expectations in check. Like it's not going to feel as good. Like if you are used to running in like 40 to 50 degrees and you're going to a place like a destination race and it's supposed to be 80 degrees on race day, you might not be running the same paces in the same times that you're used to and that's okay so just like be prepared for that and just be willing to listen to your body and just kind of go with how you're feeling on race day yeah that seems to cover a lot on on travel there yeah okay so another thing that you want to think about and this is kind of starting to get into like the mental side of preparation for race day is to try to remove as many outside stresses from your life during race week as possible. Okay. Like if you have, you know, that family member or that friend that is always complaining or just kind of like sucking the energy out of you, just try to avoid that person that week. Like I'm not, I'm not saying like be mean, be rude, whatever, but like you guys all know what I'm talking about. Like we all have those people or that person in our lives that is just kind of like an energy sucker, you know, like, and so you're going to want to avoid those people during race week as much as possible. Well, yeah. And you know, you probably have that friend. A lot of runners have that friend that's always questioning, like, why would you possibly want to do this? Mm -hmm. Having a conversation with the, why would you possibly want to do this person on race week is now going to put that thought into your head on race week. You might already have that thought. Let's not justify it with the person in your life. Who's like, that just seems like a crazy thing. I don't know why would anybody would want to drive that far because this is what you wanted to do. Remember that when you signed up for this this seemed like a great idea a fun idea let's keep in mind that that fun aspect of this yeah because you want to keep in mind that like even like all sorts of stress is still stress on the body so if you are like in a very stressful situation at work or with a social group or with your family members that's going to affect how you feel physically. So whatever you can do to try to remove as many stresses from your life as possible, that is definitely recommended. And we understand it's real life. You can't avoid everybody. You can't avoid your life in general. Like be nice to just kind of like lock your door for the week and not have to deal with anything. But like most of us have jobs and families and friends and other things, but just kind of keep in mind, like what, where do you want to give your energy to? Right. And if you know, that there are certain like situations or people that take a lot out of you, do your best to kind of safeguard yourself and protect your energy during the week of your marathon or your big race. 
which is a perfect lead into your thoughts during race week, okay? Really being intentional with the thoughts that you want to think and starting to use some mental strategies to get yourself mentally prepared. You know, we've been been talking a lot about logistics and little tips and things to get you physically prepared, which also helps mentally, right? Because when you feel like you're kind of checking the boxes and you have your ducks in a row, that's going to help you feel a lot better mentally as well. But you also want to just, again, watch what kind of thoughts, what kind of energy you're bringing into your life, what's kind of creeping into your brain right now. It's a good time to maybe practice some of the mental strategies that you've used throughout your training. So if you've been someone that's been using like positive mantras, figure out which ones you want to use on race day, you know, start practicing them during that week and decide which ones you want to kind of have in your back pocket on race day. Because one thing that I will tell you is that on race day, it doesn't always go exactly the way you plan, right? So That's a good point. having some like your tried and true mantras are great, but when you get to race day, there's a chance that they just might not feel right. You know, they, they might not work the way you want them to. So having some backups are a good idea. So I always really like to encourage people to do a little bit of journaling this week to just kind of see where your head's at, right? Like journal about how you currently are feeling, kind of do like a brain dump and get it all out on paper and just kind of see where your where your head's at, but also how do you want to feel, right? Like start thinking about intentionally, how do I want to feel this week and how do I want to feel on race day? How do I want to feel during my race and start to cultivate that feeling ahead of time so that you already know what it feels like to be confident. Like if you're sitting there doubting yourself all week long and you're just thinking about all the ways that you're not prepared and that things didn't go the way you want, like that's not a good way to walk into your race, right? Instead of when you see your brain doing those things, because your brain's probably going to want to do that because you have a human brain and we like to see the negative start to redirect yourself to tell yourself all the ways that you're ready for this race that you've prepared for this race that your body is strong that you're feeling confident so that when you get to race day and you cross that starting line you can already know what those feelings feel like in in your body right i mean as you point out because we're humans we're going to have some of these negative thoughts that come up during race week they're the same negative thoughts that are going to come up kind of during the race itself. Right. Like not even just race morning, but literally during the race, you're going to start questioning yourself. You're not going to feel great at for a hundred percent of the race. There's going to be some spots that might not feel the best and you need some mental tricks to overcome those. So some of the nerves during race week, you need mental tricks, the same mental tricks that'll get you through a tough patch you know, kind of emotionally during race week will get you through a tough patch that's both physical and emotional during the race itself. So Mm -hmm. practice these strategies, get used to them so that you can have the best frame of mind starting the race. You, You need to be starting in a positive place, confident that you've put in the work, you know, all the things that we've done that we've talked about already, like really trusting in all of the work that you do so that you can celebrate the race itself, go into it with such a positive atmosphere positive attitude of this is going to be awesome this is going to be such a great experience that i'm going to go have now and if partway through the race there's a little aspect of it that you're like man that was not something that i expected at this party you're like oh well 
maybe not the entire party is going to be 100% exactly what I thought about it, but this overall experience is still amazing, and I'm still so well prepared for it. So we're going to move through this uncomfortable patch, and then I'm going to get to more of the race that I'm going to enjoy so much. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we like to say that the race is really the victory lap. Like, you just called it the party. Like, it is, right? It's This is the time that you get to celebrate what you've been working so hard for for the past couple of weeks or months or maybe even years you know maybe your entire running journey has built up to this one race maybe even if you haven't like thought of it as that way it really is the truth your entire running journey up to this point in time has gotten you to the place where you are right now and has gotten you to the place where you are prepared to run this race in the way that you are showing up that day right like you can do all the things you want to think about, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that. Yeah, we could have done a lot of different things, but you didn't, right? You've done what you've done. And now is the time, again, trust your training, trust the work you've put in, trust the preparation. And so that's why I say it's such a good idea to like journal about this ahead of time so that you can get all of those negative thoughts out on paper because they're going to be there. The point is not to just ignore them and just pretend that they're not there and just try to slap some positive mantras on top of it. Like allow yourself to, to think the negative things, to feel the negative things, get it all out on paper, let it all out the week before, and then decide, okay, that's all there. Cool. Great. Now intentionally, how do I want to feel? This is how I want to show up. This is how I want to feel when I'm standing in the corral. This is how I want to feel when I'm standing, you know, when I'm running through the starting line. This is how I want to feel when I'm at mile 10, right? Start deciding ahead of time how you want to feel. And if it doesn't go exactly as planned, that's okay. But at least you've been practicing the positive side of things so that you can, you know, be living in that positive side and kind of try to manifest and generate those emotions and feelings for yourself. Yeah, that's excellent. So we've covered some good sort of mental strategies about forming that positive mind frame all week long and also some good visualization of how is it that you want to feel at different stages during the race, before the race, different aspects of the race, heading towards the finish line, like all different aspects. Visualize all those different things. This is how I'm going to feel. It might not be exactly what it is, but coming in with an idea, a very positive attitude, an idea of this is how I'm going to feel when I hit this thing you don't have to panic if that's not exactly how you feel when you reach that stage of the race, but you want a good positive attitude beforehand, a good visualization so that you can try to put that out there. You can start manifesting that so that it does become your reality of this is how I'm going to feel when I hit these stages. Well, I also think it's important too. like one of the reasons we want to go ahead and do that brain dump and get that idea of like all the negative things that might pop up is that that's probably going to happen during your race, right? Like even if you go into it with confidence and manifesting, you know, positive energy and all these things, there are probably going to be points in the race where some negative thoughts are going to pop up. And so you can try to kind of get out in front of it, anticipate those obstacles ahead of time and come up with the strategy that you want to use when they do. So when your brain tells you, that your legs are burning and that you want to stop and walk, you already know, okay, when I 
when I start to think I want to stop and walk, this is what I'm going to do, right? Like, and maybe the answer is I'm going to allow myself to walk for 30 seconds and then I'm going to start running again. Fantastic. Maybe the answer is I'm going to remind myself why I'm running. I'm going to dedicate the next mile to someone that I love, right? Like you, there's so many different things that you can use. What is the strategy that you want to use when the race gets hard? Anticipate that the race is going to get hard, especially if you are doing a longer race. But really, in any race distance, if you are racing, if you are pushing yourself in a 5K, in a 10K, if you're doing a half marathon, a marathon, there's going to be a point when you're going to want to probably stop or slow down or walk or just like throw your hands up and give up completely, right? What are you going to do in those time periods, come up with your strategies ahead of time so that when those times come up in your race, or if those things come up in the race, you already know how you're going to deal with them. Yeah. I think that that's excellent heading in. Like it really covers all of race week from some physical things that we should really be taking care of from nutrition and hydration and, and, and sleep to some mental strategies. Let's go very specific into race day. Okay. Right, most of it was race week, but there are a few things that we should definitely cover for race day. One, you covered this already a little bit. Give yourself plenty of time. Like you suggested, if GPS says it's going to take you 30 minutes to get there, give yourself an hour, especially if it's a bigger race. If it's a smaller race, you probably don't need to give yourself that 30-minute buffer, but giving yourself a little extra buffer is going to be helpful. It gives you extra time to go to the bathroom, and everybody's going to need to go to the bathroom. Well, yeah, you should you should never get to the race at the time that the race is starting, well, right? Like true. that, You always want to allow yourself just time to get there, to park, to warm up, right? Again, your warm-up is going to be different depending on what the distance of your race is, right? Like a, a warm-up for a 5K is probably going to be much different than a warm-up for a marathon, right? So decide ahead of time what you're going to be doing to warm up. We would suggest doing like a little bit of a shakeout run, you know, even if it's just for like five to 10 minutes, just to kind of get your legs moving, right? Have some like dynamic stretching that you've been doing. Again, nothing new on race day, right? But if you've been doing certain dynamic stretches before your runs, that would be, you know, what you want to leave time for before your race. So you want to make sure that you like, so say your race is starting at 8 a.m., right? You want to maybe plan on getting there at 7 a.m. or at 7.30 a.m. But I would say to leave at least a half an hour before your race time for you to just get there, you know, get to the starting line, get to your corral, use the bathroom. Like there's lots of different things that you're going to want to do. So we typically um, like for people, to get to our races like an hour ahead of time, just so that you don't feel rushed. Because especially if this is a bigger race and you already have some like nerves and some anxiety going into it, there's no need to add to that, right? And allowing yourself plenty of time is just going to help you feel better and help to decrease some of that anxiety. I hate rushed on race morning. It's, it is the worst feeling that I've got. Like I just get me to the starting line. Once I can see the starting line, even if I'm cutting it close, once I can see the starting line, I can take a breath. But until I'm actually there, I'm always nervous. I'm like, all right, what if on the way, you know, the highway just completely falls down? Like I, I've got the worst scenarios in my head. I feel so much calmer once I finally get there. So I like to get there an hour ahead. It makes me feel a lot more comfortable with myself. So give yourself plenty of time. When you get there, find the bathrooms. 
you might not need to go immediately, but it's possible that you find the bathrooms and you're like, oh, that's a 30-minute line. That's why you got to find the bathrooms immediately. Maybe by the time you stand in line, you actually need to go to the bathroom. Or maybe you look and you're like, hey, that's not that bad. I'm going to go get a little bit of a warm-up. Maybe, you know, depending on the, the timeline of everything, that might be like your last snack before the race. Like, whatever it is, you've got whatever the things are that you're doing once you get there, and then you've given yourself plenty of time for the bathroom. Um, I personally... On some of these races where there's like that giant wall of porta potties and there's huge lines for all of them, I've jogged down the street to like the convenience store or the gas station. There's no line there. Or there's like two other people that are also have, have like a race bib on their chest and they also found the convenience store down the street. Sometimes that's that's much nicer. Usually it's it's friendlier if you buy something from them. Yeah, even if it's just a water <laughs> bottle or a piece of gum. Yep. Just buy something, they will appreciate it mm-hmm. and, and you know, it'll be nice. Good, good karma hitting into the race. Yeah, I remember like when Kevin did his 100 mile race. Um, that was like something that they put in the official race packet. Is like yes. if you are using this bathroom, please buy something. Like we don't want to be the race where people are just coming in and using all their toilet paper and their bathroom and not purchasing anything. Like just be courteous. Like you don't have to make a big purchase. You know, maybe you just make buy something small or and. If it's a big city, maybe there's a homeless person sitting outside. You buy that homeless person a bottle of water or something. Like, do something nice to bring some good karma in as well, right? Um, Okay. If you are in a bigger race and you have a corral, right, that you have assigned and and you know that your start time is like 10 a.m., but you have to be in your corral by like 8 a.m. and you know you're going to be in there for a couple hours – plan this out. Okay. The, one of the biggest things you're going to want to think about is food. Okay. So when you like on race morning, you want to wake up and you want to make sure that you have enough time to eat a small meal. You want to have a breakfast, especially if you're doing a longer race, two to three hours before your race. So if you're eating two to three hours beforehand, but you've got a couple hours in the corral, that's going to give you time to digest. But like Kevin said, maybe you need a snack, right? Like maybe you want to bring a bar or a gel or something with you um, so that you can have a little snack in the corral like about an hour to an hour and a half before the race. Like plan all that ahead of time. Um, Understand that you might be on your feet, you know, the the whole time. You might have a place to sit down. It just kind of depends on the size of the race and the corral and how everything is set up on what exactly is going to be happening. Um, What do you think, Kev, for like warming up? Like once you actually get into your corral – Number one, how do you warm up, right? Because if you warm up two hours ahead of the race, you're not exactly going to maintain that the whole time, especially if you're just standing around in the corral. If you warm up two hours ahead of the race and then you go to your corral and it's like 50 degrees and you're just hanging out for two hours, you got nothing out of that warm up. Like you really, one of the big things too, about like, if it's 50 degrees, like if it's cold, you want to have as many layers on as possible because you want to keep your body, your core body temperature as warm as possible all the way up as close to the start of the race or even like into the first mile as possible so that you aren't wasting energy because if you don't have enough layers, if you are cold, if you are like shivering in your corral, that's just wasting energy that you could be used to, you know, in your in your race. So you want to try to make sure that you are as warm as possible in the corral 
so that you are wasting the least amount of energy just standing around. Right. Like a couple of years ago when we did Key West, it was raining. They delayed the start of the race by a few hours. And even as it got closer to the start of the race, it was like, ooh, are they going to delay it again? It's still like, it's still raining. It's super, super windy. Like we got trash bags and made, you know, homemade ponchos out of them. You put a trash bag upside down, you make a hole for your head. If you want to make extra holes for your arms to pop out, I stayed in my little trash bag poncho Mm -hmm. until they literally called us to the line and Mm -hmm. said, if you're not running in a poncho, now is the time to take it off because we're starting in 30 seconds. Like up until then, I still had it. Yeah. I had mine on until about the half mile mark. Yeah. I just ran in it. And then there was trash cans along the side of the road that I found to put it in. Right. So that was a little bit more convenient. It wasn't that huge of a race. Like I was, I think I could see the starting line. I wasn't like toe on the line but i could see the starting line so i took the trash bag off early on i tied it on one of those metal railings so it didn't just go blowing down the street into the ocean but i stayed in it for for as long as possible try to stay in that if you have to get into your corral super early and it's kind of cold and you're keeping all your your layers on how does the warm-up go okay if you're in there for a couple hours and you know then you're going to be racing for several hours also it's okay to sit. You've yeah. got multiple layers. Maybe take one of those layers off and give yourself a little cushion to sit on. You were probably going to toss that article of clothing anyway. So the fact that it's sitting on the dirty ground is not that big of a deal. You're like, oh, but it's super, super crowded. It's going to be awkward if I sit down here. It's going to be super awkward if you're packed in among strangers anyway. You might as well also sit down. Someone else is probably going to get jealous and be like, oh, I would also like to sit down. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think you're going to be the only one sitting. You're probably going to get a crowd of people that would all enjoy sitting. Find someone you can sit back to back to. Perfect. (laughs) Um, So, sure, get off of your feet so that you can sit. And you can do that literally in the middle of the road in your corral. Yep. That's totally doable. When you're up and moving, you're not going to be able to get that, like, five to ten minute jog Mm -hmm. that is sort of, like, part of a classic warm-up. Right. But you can do a lot of, like, running drills Mm -hmm. in place. Mm -hmm. You can totally do that. You can do, like... Um, imaginary jump rope in place that just kind of like gets your heart rate elevated a little bit. Yep. Just kind of gets some, gets, you know, gets the blood moving and then go from that into, um, into your, your running drills, some in place marching, kind of pull the knees up to the chest in place, butt kicks, um, Leg swings are awfully difficult unless you can make friends with all the people around you. Mm-hmm. But you could do it. You can make a little, like, four people lined up and, and make a little box, and you can work leg swings. You just have to kind of let the people around you know. But everybody around you is a runner. Everybody knows what's going on. Right. So, like, one of the few times that I don't feel like a massive introvert is race corral starting lines. Mm. Like I'm friends with everybody in the race start. Like, um, Hey, is it okay if I hold your shoulder and do leg swings? I have asked this of multiple random strangers (laughs) because to me, it's more important that we feel good heading into race. And if that person's like, sure, can I do that to you? Be like, yes, yes, you can. Like I'm more than willing to help anybody out, but I'm also going to do what I need to do to put myself in the best position to, to race well. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to want to do some of those things like closer to your actual start time. But like if you're in that corral for an hour or more, like sit down, relax, try to get off your feet, you know, try to 
stay warm. Um, those are really the biggest tips. Have a snack with you if you feel like you might need a snack. Make sure you've got all of your gels. Set all of that stuff out the night before. Set out your clothing, your race bib number, all of your gels, anything that you're using as fuel or hydration or, you know, uh, your vest, all the things, put all of that out the night before so that you don't have to worry about any of it on race morning. So that when you wake up on race morning, your basic job is to like put food into your body, get dressed and get yourself to the race. That's really all you want to have to think about on race day itself. The rest of it, you've already like prepared for, you've thought about it, you have, you know, journaled about it, you're there, you're ready, you're prepared, you get to trust your training, and it's time for you to finally run your victory lap and celebrate the heck out of yourself and celebrate all of the months and the miles and the sweat and the tears and the emotions, everything that you've put into this race, now is your time to just celebrate it and go out and have a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Put a big smile on your race. At some point, someone's going to start a gun. Maybe you hear it. Maybe you don't, depending on what corral you're in. Eventually, you'll shuffle yourself along towards the starting line, and then boom, you're off and going in your race, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. So good luck to you if you're racing this weekend, and you know maybe this is an episode that you decide to save so that when you run that next marathon or half marathon or 5k or 10k whatever race is going to make you happy go back and listen to this one again you know make sure that you take notes and, and figure out what kind of spoke to you during this episode that so that you can get on that race line cross that starting line feeling confident and prepared so that you can go out and, and run a heck of a good race for you. So guys, as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you found this information valuable, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social media, leave us a review. That would help us to grow the podcast and we would be so appreciative. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 275. Now get out there and run your life.